Joshua chapter 1, it's where we kind of started out last week. Starting in verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. And every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory." No man, shall ever, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success." Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Here's Joshua, he finds himself in a new place. Um, He followed behind Moses all this time and had watched God speak to Moses and tell him what to do and, you know, hit that rock and water will come out of it and, you know, all those kind of things. And he had watched Moses have this incredible, like, face-to-face, practically just amazing relationship with God. And he was the leader, and he was going to bring them into the promised land. And then Moses dies. Moses doesn't get to enter into it. And Joshua now finds himself as the leader of uh, this nation and uh, they're on the, on the verge of being able to take the land to bring them into it. And, and so God is, is kind of preparing Joshua and kind of like, hey, dude, in case you didn't notice, Moses is dead. And you're like, you were his assistant, so now you're the new Moses. Uh, and um, you're going to be the one to bring them in. And um, so what we talked about last week was just like this is a, a big time of transition, not only for the nation of Israel, for Joshua specifically. And while our church is transitioning in location and stuff like that, um, transitions are not uh, anything uh, foreign to us, you know. Every one of us, all of us, our, our lives, as we mature and grow and all that kind of stuff, we are constantly 
having to transition into new phases of life. And sometimes they're really, really big, and sometimes they're just kind of small. Um, and almost all the time, we are resistant to certain aspects of transitions. Um, we don't really like change. Um, some people are actually afraid of change uh, to the point where they are hindered and refuse to change because there's just this great unknown that lies ahead of us in all of life, and not just um, you know, not just us as a church, but every single one of us. Like you look down the road and you, you think you know what's going to happen, or you know what you hope is going to happen, or whatever. Um, but basically, um, I mean, none of us are guaranteed tomorrow, all that kind of stuff. Um, and here's the thing. Um, Transitioning and moving forward in life can be we can be paralyzed by it, or we can follow God's lead and realize that anything we're transitioning into, anything He's bringing us into as we're growing, this is all a part of His plan for our lives, a part of His plan for His kingdom. And so, the things that lie ahead of us, while while we in our in and of ourselves might think that that's bad, you know change is bad, uh, all that kind of stuff. From God's perspective, he's bringing us exactly where he's wanted us to go the whole time. And so uh, last week we, we looked at, at the, the two big things that were kind of, that God brought out. Um, one was uh, the, that there were promises. That God had promised this land to the people and uh, to Moses and to Joshua as a part of this nation that, that God had made a promise and God was going to fulfill it. And the same thing exists in our lives. As we're transitioning, there are promises that are not a part of the change that we're experiencing. So our circumstances are changing, but the promises of God to always be with us, that His Spirit lives in us, um, that uh, He has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us into His own glory and goodness, uh, that He has gone ahead to prepare a place for us. All these promises um, are, are still going on. So while you... And your family may be looking at a change in jobs, or um, you're trying to figure out, do we sell our house or whatever? Or maybe you're a college student who's like trying to figure out what in the world you're going to do with your life or whatever. Um, maybe you're trying to figure out uh, stuff about marriage or stuff about money or whatever. There's all these things that, that are ahead of us. Although those things are going to change, the promises of God never change. And that in and of itself needs to be enough to bring a whole lot of hope into the great mystery that is our future, you know. Um, the other thing that we looked at was, um, was the, the presence of God, um, saying, just as, just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. That the, the presence of God does not uh, change, strengthen, weaken, you know, whatever, with the circumstances. It is com- he is completely steady all the time. And so he reminds him, look, there are promises that are, I, I have made, and then my, literally my presence is, is going to be there to make those things happen. And so while there's all this other stuff going on in life, those are the things that you can count on. And so instead of us kind of flipping out, you know, when uh, things start to look different in life, you have to recognize, like, man, there's, God's with me always. His promises haven't changed that he's made to me. So I'm going to walk through this change in, in life differently, you know, um, just completely different. Now, if you look at verse 6, so we continue. It says, be strong and courageous. 
For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. All right. Um, I kind of wonder if this is kind of like Joshua's moment where it, it kind of all just like becomes clear to him. You know, like um, we have the, these moments when when you realize for the first time, like life is different now. Um, maybe it's that point, like when you graduate from high school, either like leading up to graduation or once you've actually graduated when you're like, okay, that just happened. <laughs> I just, I, I'm not uh, in high school anymore, you know. Um, maybe, uh, maybe. For those of you who are parents, maybe it's when you found out that you like are pregnant and you're like, wow. You know, I mean, I heard about this, <laughs> but wow, you know, I'm going to be a father or a mother, you know. Um, maybe, um, maybe it's like, like for me, a big one was when I bought my house. Like I went to the closing, you know, stuff like that, and you sign like till your hand like doesn't work anymore, you know. And so like I walked out and I was uh, like, Okay, and I have these keys in my hand. I was like, okay, cool. And so I drive to the house, and I pull up, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm a homeowner, <laughs> you know? It was just the weirdest thing. And uh, there are just the, those moments when, when reality kind of sets in. And so I wonder if, if, that, if this was kind of Joshua's moment, you know? Because before, guys like, Moses is dead. You need to get up and go into this land that I've promised and all this kind of stuff. And here's where he says, be strong and courageous. For you will be the one to bring them in. You are, you're the one that I've chosen. And see, there's a, this is, this is the, the verse where God shows that, that there's, a, there's a greater purpose here that's going on. Like it's one thing to, to have, and I'm no, I, I, I really try to think of another word that, one word that didn't start with a P, but it just, just kind of happened. Uh, there's one, it's one thing that the, the promises of God are sustaining, and it's another thing that the presence of God is sustaining. When you think that, when you think that everything is purposed as we go through it, it kind of adds another element of peace and hope to things. You know, it's like we talked about a couple weeks ago, about how God is not random. You know, we, we think that God is, is random, but God is very strategic in everything that he does. And it's real easy for us to look at, at, other, at other people's lives or um, other, you know, whatever, families or whatever, churches, whatever, and to see, oh, yeah, no, no like, that wasn't random, that wasn't random. But somehow, for some reason, we make ourselves an exception to that randomness, you know? You kind of get in that point, that point, and you're like, I mean, all right, all this stuff is going on, and, like, it can't, the Lord can't be in it, you know? Uh, the devil's messing with me. And we kind of make him the bad guy or something. And, and there's all this, um, we just kind of have the, this freak out moment as if anything that happens in our lives is not purposed by God. You know? Everything that God's bringing you into, there's a reason behind it. You know? If you're about to have a kid like that, there's a reason behind that. That's a big transition and uh, but there's a purpose there you know there's a purpose in our church coming here um there is there's a purpose for you when you graduate from high school or college or when you you get a, a new job or when you buy a house or whatever there are all these purposes that are there and sometimes i don't think we apply that to our own lives you know 
I think sometimes we like to make ourselves that exception. And say, oh, no, there's, there's no way that, God, that God's got a purpose in this. It's like, why? Because, you're, why? because it hurts a little bit? You know, because you're sad sometimes? Because you're going to have to give up some things? You know, you're going to have to change your lifestyle a little bit? God can't be in that? Because it's uncomfortable for you? No. I mean, just because, just because our minds go there and we jump to some of those conclusions doesn't mean God's not in it. What it should do is it should be like, wow, in spite of all these things, God is in this, you know? Let's, let's, take, the, let's take the, you know, you're going to have a baby. You can have all these fears of inadequacy and falling short and I'm going to be a terrible dad or mom or whatever. And it's, what's really awesome is that um, you can say in the midst of all that, of, of all my insecurities and all my fears and all the reasons why I think I'm going to be horrible at this and whatever, in spite of all that, this is a part of God's purpose for my life. See, that has to shed some new light on things. Here's God telling Joshua, like, look, Moses is dead. You need to get up and go because you're going to be the one to lead him in. There's a reason for this. It's not random. Look at the next verse. Verse 7. Now, he's already said this once. He says it again. Only be strong and very courageous. Strong and and courageous. It says it three times in this passage. Strong and courageous. This time he says strong and very courageous. Now, when I think about strength, um, there are a lot of things that come to mind, um, especially uh, the idea of being, you know, being strong, not in and of ourselves, being, being strong in him. Um, so there's a great deal of uh, submission in, in strength when it comes to our relationship with God. Uh, a great deal of obedience um, that, that kind of comes with being strong. So we're submitting to him and we're being obedient to those things because as we're, we're in that, you know, my life is not my own. My life is not my own. My life is not my own. We're trying to really like get to where that really determines how we live and, um, and, and we're taking those steps of obedience. I think that's where that's strong, you know, with courageous. I think there is... That's basically another way of talking about faith. But it's like a more like intense faith, you know. This trust in God of, um, you know, I don't know. For some reason, when you, you, when you talk about courage, uh, faith comes with it. But it's like the courage to actually like step out into those things. And so I, I, for me, it's interesting that he said be strong and very courageous. And he didn't, you know, use other words. He used these, like, strong, like, intense, like, manly, warrior-type words to talk about what it's going to take to make this happen. And I, I think about my, my life and how, for some reason, um, like, being a Christian has kind of, like, it has this, like, really, like, soft gentle, meek idea that comes along with it, you know? Um, and it's kind of become one of those topics that people are, are starting to write about more, about how there's just, like, no, like, like, um, like, as far as, like, being, like, a Christian man, like, the masculinity has just been vacuumed out of that, you know? And, and like, to be a Christian man, we think, like, Mr. Rogers or whatever. And, uh, and that's, like, how we think we have to be and be a pushover in life and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know what the female equivalent would be, uh, 
you can decide that later. Um, Miss Rogers, that's our guy. Um, and so, and so, it's so interesting that here he is. He uses these these words, and think about how that applies to your life. Think about how much strength in him, and how much courage and faith it takes to walk through life and to follow God's leadership into new new areas. All you people here who are married, all you guys, um, or you engage people, whatever, think about how much strength and how much courage it took to save your money, to buy that ring, and to go talk to her dad, and to set up the most magical, perfect moment ever, to put the ring on her finger, um, and to be like, I will be responsible for you for the rest of your life. I will represent Christ to you every day until we die. Um, I will be the most accurate picture of Christ you will ever see. Imagine the strength and the courage. Think about that. You guys are awesome. That took some guts. And hopefully it's because you felt that God was leading you to do that. That takes strength and that takes courage. It takes strength and courage to want to be a parent take strength and courage to when you're looking for a job and you're right out of college looking for a job to not look for the ones that pay the most but to look for the one that God has for you you know it takes strength and courage to have all these things that that culture is telling us and to have this bible that tells us basically the opposite of everything that's coming our way and for us to deny ourselves and to take up our cross and to follow him every single day it takes strength and courage to do that It redefines strength and courage. And so what God's saying is, look, you're going to have to freaking be strong and be very courageous in order to do this. And sometimes I wonder, like, if, like, in my own life, if I look at things that way, you know, am I like, oh, well, you know, this and this and this. I wonder, like, how seriously, you know, some of us take that. Be strong and very courageous. And so um, what I kind of ask myself when I see that is, okay, what does strength and courage look like? Like, how, how do I get to a point and stay at a point where I am living strongly and courageously? Look at what he says after that in verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. Hmm. Don't turn from it to the right or to the left. You know, like the the role that Scripture plays in our lives, and we've talked about this, and I'm not going to get up on this hill tonight. But isn't it interesting that in the midst of this conversation about leading these people and being strong and courageous in the presence of God and the purposes of God and the promises of God, then he's basically like, um, read your Bible. I know it's different. It's the Old Testament. All right, let's, let's take a bird's eye view. Look at, what he's, look at what he's telling him. Don't turn from this written down truth that I have provided to you. I gave it to Moses. He didn't veer from it. I'm giving it to you. You don't veer from it. 
And when, when we look at our lives, I wonder if, if we could like somehow like have like some sort of statistical printout of our lives. The times when we're walking in obedience and confidence in the Lord and we're hearing Him and all that kind of stuff, I wonder like how, how those times line up with our time in His Word and in prayer. Because the, the way to stay on center with it is by looking at it. I mean, if you want to take it literally. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Well, it's like when you're driving. I mean, you veer off the road when you take your eyes off of the center, right? I mean, makes sense. And here's what, what tends to happen, I think, is that we know, what the, we know what, the, what the truth of God's Word is. We take a little deviation. We don't think it's that big a deal. You know, it's like when you first start like starting to drive and you get like a subdivision, there's no like center line. You're like, what's up? Middle of the road. I'm not on the right-hand side. You know, I'm playing chicken with the postal worker coming this way, you know. Like you kind of are like, oh, you know, you got this freedom. Get on a highway, you got some lines, you got to stay in there, you know, whatever. We know what the center of Scripture is. Kind of move to the left a little bit. Think, oh, no, I can get back on track. You think, um, I had a bunch of examples I was thinking of, but um, let me take, let, let me, uh, let me go with this one. Um, we know that that purity of thought is an important thing. That um, there are things that are on the internet that are not good for us. Amen. I never asked for an amen before. It felt kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, the first one you can say you're there. Uh, probably, probably my last one. It didn't feel right. Um, <laughs> I veered to the left, now I'm getting back on the middle. Uh, there are things on the internet that are not good for us. However, sometimes we're like, ah, oh, you know, take a little look. I ain't going to kill nobody. What happens? You veer to the left a little bit, you keep going. I played golf this morning, and like, there's something, like when I hit the ball and it goes like this, and it starts to veer, and I'm like, eight miles this way. Like, if it was straight, I mean, it'd be forever. And it just starts to just go and go and go and go. That's what happens. We know that things are bad for us. We take, take a little look. And it's really, really difficult to get things back on track, isn't it? Because it just kind of keeps going and going and going. The way that, that we come back on track is when this becomes a big part of our lives again. I'm not a Bible worshiper. You know, I don't want to exalt it, you know, to the make it, you know, up there with the Trinity or whatever. This has been given to us for a reason. And if, if it's not a part of your life, um, it needs to be. It has to be. If you want to be strong and courageous and you want to be a man of God, a woman of God, it, this has got to, it's got to be a part of your life. Because what happens is when we start to read it, it doesn't make sense unless the Spirit of God interprets it for us and he helps us make sense of it and that is communing with him and that's connecting us to him and that is why it is living and active and it is it's effective there's all kind of things in life whether it's the internet or it's um you know issues with purity or we can just go all these examples but you know how it is we veer just a little bit 
and our lives start to get all chaotic. And you know what? We stop being strong. We stop being courageous. And our lives start looking like the very thing that we um, are terrified that they will start to look like. And we wonder, why did things go crazy? I don't understand. So God's telling Joshua, look, you're going to have to be strong, and you're going to have to be courageous to get this done. And so um, I've given you something that you've got to stick to. I've given it to you. I'm in it. Use it. Next verse. Verse 8. It says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. talks about meditating on it, you know, I mean, it's not a light candles and, you know, that kind of stuff. It's not like a seance or anything. You take a verse, take a verse that's captured you and just like, you just hang out with that verse. You think about that verse. We don't have to take on like all of the Bible at one time. Take one verse, take, take one thing from your community group that really just grabbed a hold of you and don't, you know, once Monday night or Tuesday night's over with, don't let it go. Sit on that. Think about that. Ponder that. Meditate on that. And that's what he's saying. Like, this, this does not need to depart from you. Think about, think about where your Bible goes when you go home tonight and how much it moves during the week. I've been very convicted about thinking about the GPS of my Bible around. Mine tends to go with me a lot of places because it's in my bag and I'm a preacher and I kind of have to have it. How many times, you know, do I take it out? Is it, is it, am I meditating on it? Is it being used to keep me where I need to be? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. I mean, that's not like, there's not a lot of leeway there. It will not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. See, there's this connection there. There's this connection between us being in contact and communion with God through prayer, through study of His Word, and our obedience and living the the things out. You ever get frustrated because you just can't seem to really just walk out the things that you want to? Well... Maybe, maybe there's something missing. Maybe, that, maybe the strength and courage that you long for is a whole lot closer than you realize because of God's presence and because of his promises and because there's a purpose in life. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. See, that's the thing. Talk about transitions we're going into stuff. All of us want the road ahead of our lives to be great. I was reading this uh, this uh, blog the other day. And it was talking about um, like marriage and how when when you fight, like he was kind of just giving advice on like how to fight, basically. And uh, and um, one of the things that he said was. Your fight in your marriage needs to always have one purpose. 
is that we want our marriage to be great. I thought that was so simple and so profound. We want our marriage to be great. When I look at this, all of us, we want greatness on the other side of today, right? Nothing wrong with like wanting to be prosperous. And I, that word's become so, you know, whatever in churches. I'm not preaching the prosperity gospel, but all of us want to move into areas of life where things are great, where our families are great, and our, our jobs are great. We do them well, and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. We all want that to be there. Bigger picture, we all want to be strong, don't we? Nobody wants to be like a weak and terrified believer, do you? I'm going to assume you don't. None of us want that, you know? Every one of us, we want to be Jesus Christ walking around on the earth, don't we? Not in like a creepy kind of way, but in like the, you know, like you want to represent him, right? You want everything that you say and everything that you do to bring glory to him because you're walking in his footsteps and living as example, right? We all want that. We all want when life starts to change to be that strong, courageous, like, oh, like that's what we all want. And so that's what God's saying. You do this, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Don't depart from the truth. Don't let it, um, don't depart from it. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Meditate on it. Hang out on it. Make it, like, this is going, this is the key. And everything will be fine. Not because this is God. This connects us to Him. And those times when we doubt things, we read them. And as we read them, His Spirit connects us to truth. And we, instead of being way off on the side, He brings us back to the middle. We're like, oh, that's why I should be strong. Because the Lord is a warrior. And because God always wins. That's why I should be strong. That's why I can be courageous. Because whatever happens tomorrow is in his hands, and he always, always wins. So I'll be strong. I'll be strong in him. Terrified in myself, strong in him. Full of fear and, like, just the biggest wimp ever in me. Very courageous in him. When we depart from this, we forget those things. We revert back. That's it. Verse 9. Have I not commanded you? I like that a lot. Because God's like, you know what? This is not a game. This is not a joke. This is a command that he's giving to Joshua. Has God ever, has God ever done that? to you? Has he ever like just kind of in one of those moments of just conviction or brokenness, just been like are you just this is not a game this is real this is not, it's not an option you know I'm commanding you to be strong I'm commanding you to be courageous you have no excuse to live any other way Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. 
For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He backs it up again. He backs it up again. The things that you're facing tonight, I don't, I don't know. But I would imagine just because of human nature, there's something on the horizon, whether it's after we're done tonight or maybe tomorrow or maybe in a couple weeks, there's something on the horizon that is just intimidating the heck out of you. Maybe Joshua 1, 1 through 9 needs to be something that becomes one of those things that you meditate on, that you read. Maybe when it talks about the promises, maybe you should chase some of those down in the rest of this book and begin to memorize some verses and meditate on some verses. Maybe the presence of God, maybe that's not even something you think about outside of something like this. Maybe your prayers need to start looking like, God, make me aware of your presence at work today. Maybe you're in a place where you're like, I see no purpose in this at all. Maybe you just need God to let you in on it a little bit. And he may say no. He may say, I'm not going to tell you a thing. You're just going to have to trust me in this. Maybe he'll give you some insight. I, I don't really know. Maybe a couple of weeks back or a couple of months back when we talked about studying Scripture, maybe God convicted you of that and you made one of those diehard, like, I will read my Bible every day till Jesus comes back, pledges. And you made it like three days and you quit. Maybe, maybe God's like, all right, let's get back on that, because I wasn't kidding. Um, I don't know. And so that's kind of why we do things the way we do at the ring, because every one of us, there are big things we need to learn corporately, and there's very individual things that God wants to show us. And before we're done, and well, don't sack chairs, thank goodness, but whatever else we have to do for them, we want to take time to let some of this sink in. And kind of see what God has for us as individuals. So I'm going to pray. Band's going to come up. We're going to do some songs. And you just be responsible with this time. I heard, uh, I was listening to this sermon that Matt Chandler preached a while back. And he was talking about the role of, of men. He kind of did this series on men and on women. Did like three weeks on men. I would encourage every dude here to listen to it. Um, he's talking to these guys at one point. He just starts like getting onto him so bad, like in a good way. He just kept going, this is not a game. You think this is a game? This is not a game. And, and that has just been reverberating in my mind over and over and over again. And I think that's almost like the tone that's here, you know. Three times he's like, be strong and courageous. Have I not commanded you? So this is not a coincidence that we talked about this tonight. This, too, is purposed. So let's just be responsible. Let's respond to God as we feel led. Sing a little bit. Pray a little bit. We'll go home. Okay? Let me pray for us.